<laughs> it's Wednesday, March 30th. What's up, man? How are you? I'm great, man. I'm great. I'm alive. Another day above ground. Blessed. How about yourself, my friend? Hey, man. Likewise. Just okay. fortunate to, to have what I have and be who I am. So Amen. Amen. I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what has gone on uh, that we're going to recap this week? I feel like every week we turn a microphone off, there's like a huge NFL story that we didn't talk about because it didn't happen yet. And uh, there's a lot going on in the uh, NFL, certainly March Madness, some baseball news to pass along as well. But I think we're going to start with the association and the ban has been lifted and your boy Kyrie is back in Brooklyn playing his home games. Hayes, is it enough with the stretch left of, of a handful of games? Is it enough? for uh, your Brooklyn Nets to make it into the uh, playing game or out of the playing game? IDK. (laughs) I don't know. I don't think anybody knows at this point in time because it takes time for a championship team to gel together, and that's normally throughout the duration of a season. Um, First, Kyrie missed a bulk of the games at the beginning of the season, and then was able to play away games. And now he's able to play both with like 10 games left in the season. Um, There's still no sight of Ben Simmons. I think they're going to play the slow game with him due to his herniated disc. Um, I don't think they want to risk him. And I don't think they should risk him. Um, There's a whole nother season. But again, we live in the now. Um, we're not we're not thinking ahead or, oh, yeah, you know, we can do it next year. No athlete is thinking that because any injury can happen at any time. I mean, KD had a a uh, a sprain MCL uh, during the season that could have been a torn MCL. Uh, he could have been out. Um, Kyrie could hurt himself at any time as he has been injury prone throughout his career. Um, so anything can happen at any time. Free accidents happen all the time. I can speak to that um no matter how well you you treat your body your body is going to do what it's going to do and you can't really tell when something is truly vulnerable um unless you're probably lebron and and tom brady investing a million dollars back into your body and then you probably know everything that's going on with it and even still then you don't really um so yeah I, i don't know i would like for it to come all together but we will have to see because those are two of the greatest basketball players who ever touch a court. And one of the, and one to be particular is one of the greatest scorers to ever play, which would be Katie. And one is one of the greatest ball handers to ever play in Kyrie. So uh, anything is possible in the words of KG. Uh, But I guess we will uh, truly have to see what are your thoughts on, on it yourself? I mean, you're you're a fan of sports. You're a fan of basketball. Um, I know you know what's going on, even though you're a fan of the team and in, in a different borough, but you still are very aware of what's going on. So what do you think? Um, well, my Knicks fandom is not. Uh, that's a whole different podcast, right? <laughs> the, the last 20 years of Knicks. Uh, but as I've said on this podcast, Kyrie and KD healthy, they could win this whole thing. I think what I'm a little worried about is last, like last year, we said with the Lakers, all we need, you know, you just need LeBron and AD on the court at the same time, give them a couple games, get their reps in, they'll figure it out. 
they'll win a championship. They'll make that run. And I'm, I'm just kind of worried that maybe that's there's, there's not enough time to make that happen. If, if things broke today, they'd be the eight seed, right? And they'd be, um, oh, uh, they're technically the ninth seed, right? Ninth the ninth seed, right seed. Uh, because they lost okay. on Sunday in Kyrie's first game back against the Hornets. So they're technically the ninth seed. Yeah. Okay. So, so there's, you know, they basically have to win both of those playing matchups mm-hmm. in order to, to really, uh, you know, secure their secure their spot in the Eastern Conference. And from there it's a tough, it's a tall order. Can they do it? Yeah, I think they can. I think it's um, you know, it's 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 interesting the whole the mandate thing is is entire, you know, as much as we kind of disagreed with it as far as it being just ass backwards and didn't make any sense. I think it's interesting that like the baseball teams flex their muscles and like well, not the baseball teams, the baseball team. And there was yeah. only one team that made this really happen. And that was the Yankees because they pull in too much money and have too much pull out of any sports team in New York. Let's be completely open and honest. For those that listen and know that Sam and I are diehard Yankee fans, I'm telling you right now, if you're living under a rock or you're not from New York or you're just not privy, this is the God's honest truth. The Yankees have more pull than any team in New York. Shoot, probably any team up and down the East Coast <laughs> um, just because they're such a big franchise. But continue, Sam. Yeah, I thought it was weird that there was a whole press conference about it at City Field. And like, mm-hmm. instead of just being like, a you know, something like just an announcement being made, and you know, the mayor's walking things back now. And uh, I just thought the whole pomp and circumstance was weird. Um, but has Kyrie spoken about this at all? Because I just find it like interesting. He has. You know, he, he's he was doing this. He was sitting out. He was losing 10, 12 million dollars to be like the voice, the the people speaking for the voiceless. Right. And all these people that lost their jobs and are forced to get this vaccine or, or lose their job and all that. And now it's like. I guess nothing is going to give those jobs back, but like all of a sudden it's okay for him to play. It's just kind of, it was, it's weird. I think to me. I feel like if he really wanted to take a stand, he wouldn't be playing in these games, but I totally understand. I don't think it's I, ever been about the, the vaccine. It's just about, he's not uh, anti-vax. He's just been about not having the vaccine put within his body. And I, I believe I know the true reason to it because of, of Kyrie's uh, depth into black history and understanding the Tuskegee experiments. Uh, You guys can inform yourself and and read up on that, but that was a a factor for me from the jump. So I can understand why he would think that, right. And, and, and why his opinion was what it was. And this is why I never really knocked him. The sports fan in me was like, come on, man, like do it. But the human aspect was like, I completely understand. And you've said it several times. It's your body. We only get one. Right. So you do with it as you please. Right. That's at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the outside factors are saying. It's really what matters with what you feel, because at the end of the day, you live with yourself 24, 7, 365. You made the choices for yourself ultimately at the end of the day. And that's really up to you. So um, for the sports factor, he he did speak. Uh, He didn't go too in depth with it. 
Um, he did speak and he's basically happy. And then he's, he walked into the arena basically saying, you know, it's so good to be home. You know, it feels so good to be home. But I think the, the one, I guess, positive to look at in this situation outside of him being back on the court is he doesn't, he hasn't really taxed his body this year. Yeah, that's that's right. Where where everybody else has been, if you've been playing, you've been playing this whole season, you've had bumps and bruises, him not so much. Right. So he's kind of still got a fresh body, fresh legs. Um, Yeah. And and that's huge during playoff time is to have, you know, a team that is somewhat healthy. Right. And being able to have their stars in a position to do that. So that could be a factor. Now, will it? I guess we'll just have to see. But that could be something that factors in throughout this run in the playoffs if they are to get into the playoffs. Yeah, no, it's fair. I, and again, I think they have the weapons to to go far. I mean, uh, you know, I love the Curry and, and Drummond additions. You know, you'd want Ben on the court. I don't, you know, I think I think it's fair to say we probably won't see Ben Simmons Correct. Um, this year, as you mentioned. But, you know, yeah, they have all the pieces. It's going to be a tall order, but um, then the NBA is on notice. And, you know, it's it's fun if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan. It's fun if you're a basketball fan. I mean, you you said one of the best handles in, in basketball. He's definitely one of the most entertaining players to watch and physically gifted, pure scores, like just big moment kind of guy. And it's just uh, it's great that he's back on the court, at least. We'll just focus, you know, on the court. And, uh, yeah. From there, uh, anything else jump out at you in the in the from the association? You know, I mean, uh, uh, the Grizzlies smacked the Warriors uh, yesterday. Yeah, what about that? Man? Uh, well, two That's days crazy. ago, when you guys hear this, but I, I they were fueled because of Andre Iguodala. If you don't remember, Iggy wanted off that team with the young nucleus that he had, and he wanted to go to a contender, and at that time, Dylan Brooks said, oh, we're going to make sure when we see him again, we're going to show him what this is really about. And Ja basically said, talk that talk. And they smacked them. Um, yes, there was no Steph Curry on the court. Uh, but even still, that team is still viable without Steph Curry. Uh, obviously, it's a it's a big difference with him not being there. But um, <laughs> they they have proven that they are a true, true contender this year. Uh, they also, with that win, uh, sealed the top four uh, spot. So it was a it was a super statement uh, by them in this in that game. Uh, so I, I'm interested to see what they're going to do. Uh, let Ja please make sure Ja does not get touched or injured again, um, and that he can continue to go on and play. Uh, I think he's still out right now, but he will be back yeah. soon. Um, but yeah, the, let's let's not ruin his. Uh, MVP type season uh, for sure. But yeah, no, everything else about it is just teams are really just buckling down the the Celtics. As I mentioned before, they're pushing, they just had a big loss. They lost their big man. Um, so we'll see there's people, things are falling into place. Uh, you had Giannis uh, dunking on Joel Embiid. Uh, the Sixers don't look, you know, too great as, as people thought they were going to, I still think that they're, James Harden is not the James Harden that we once saw in Houston. I think Houston uh, basically took all of James Harden's superpowers, but <laughs> I guess we'll, 
I, I know he's still got talent. Like when I say taking his superpowers, like he's still more talented than about 90% of the world uh, when it comes to basketball. Right. But I, I think he's really, you're going to see like a, a, what he does and he has an opportunity to kind of shut people down because they're in the playoffs and shut people up about him showing up. So I guess we'll see. That's what that's kind of my storyline. What do you think it is with James Harden? I mean, the last 18 months or so, we've seen, I mean, it's been a roller coaster for James Harden. He's been on three different teams, but we're seeing just a, like a, he's at times, he shows you how prolific of a scorer and, and, you know, presence he is on the court. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you could say the adjustment, he never felt comfortable in Brooklyn and the adjustments now, Philly and playing with, someone you know as dominant as Embiid and um but he just does you know is it a attention thing like is he just spending more time at the strip club than he's spending you know you know we all know he likes you know that's where he hangs out but like like what is it like he he's just like is he just lost a step or two is it just put on some weight that he you know it's just it's so strange to see the inconsistency from someone that, that you is, could just yeah. always count on i don't really know uh how to answer this but i'm going to give what my opinion is on it um as as somewhere in the last two to three years i think he lost a little bit of that passion for basketball yeah and i think you see that with his uh off the court uh interests uh, which he's very big in fashion. And when I say off the court, he wears it into the arena as well, too. But um, it, over the summer, he was at the Balenciaga show across the pond with little baby. Um, so there's he's done a lot of things. And I'm not saying that you can't have interest outside, but there's certain players that you don't see them going to shows like that. They have the full capability of going to do these shows. But where do you think they are? They're in the lab. And there's one person that I can primarily pinpoint on that. And that's Dame Lillard. Right. He is a he is a megastar in the NBA, but you don't see him at all these events. Like, yes, he does his hip hop. Yes, he does. He records and he's an artist and he's actually probably not. Probably he is the best rapper that I've heard out of any NBA player, period. Um, And he has a, a phenomenal career in that. But outside of that, you don't see him do that because if he's not there doing that, he's in the gym, right? You don't, you can see, you'll see Steph Curry playing and playing golf and whatnot, but he shoots a thousand jump shots and he only, and when he has to make 800 swishes, if they, if they're not swishes, they do not count. So he has to make 800. So the fact that, somebody pushes themselves and wills themselves to do something like that. I don't know what James Harden is doing. Like I've seen him, they showed videos of him when he came to Philly and him working out. Right. That's the only time I've ever seen James Harden work out was like in season. I never see anything about it. Not saying he's not putting the work in. He's played in the drew league uh, during the summers in the past, but I don't know. I don't think he's taking care of his body. I don't think he's fully uh, immersed in in basketball right now where everybody was talking about that with Kyrie and Kyrie has shown that he is, uh, but he's capable of doing multiple things. So I don't know. I don't know where his heart is. Um, I would love to see him really, you know, be the James Harden of old, but people get older, people change, uh, their interests change, their processes change. So I guess this is going to really prove to me wh- who James Harden is. Because now you get 
the best player that you've ever had in a pick and roll with you ever. And now let's see what you're going to do. You literally inherited an MVP. You went to a team with the guy that is, is one of the front runners for MVP. So now it's really on you, right? Because since you left the thunder, you haven't had anybody really this, I guess, dominant since you had KD as your teammate now twice. Because you've had Chris Paul, you've had Westbrook, you've had PG-13. Yeah, no. Well, actually, no, PG-13 go there. He went to the Thunder. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, Westbrook, CP3, and nothing. So... I think this is a legacy uh, series for him or a legacy playoff for him. We'll see what he does. It's it's funny, too, with him. You know, we mentioned the dominance of Embiid. This was Joel Embiid years ago, right? The inconsistency. Would he just put the, the work in and, and, and take those shots and just work on his game and get better and work on his body? And there were years where, you know, he'd come back in October, November and just not be in shape and not be, you know, there'd be a lot of speculation that he wasn't putting in that work. And now he is. And now you see a perennial also uh, all-star MVP candidate and just one of the more dominant players in the league. So, I mean, um, you know, he's, you know, it's be interesting to, to see where this goes with Harden, but I think you're absolutely right. This is a legacy. This is a big moment for James Harden. If he cares um, for sure. You know, because he's still going to cash those checks regardless. Um, but moving, speaking of money, man, moving on to the NFL, you know, as I mentioned, we uh, kind of just happened really quickly. I think Wednesday morning, last Wednesday, that the Kansas City Chiefs were talking about letting Tyreek Hill just uh, work on a trade uh, to get out of Kansas City. And we're all like, what? Like, is this just a ploy to get, to get paid? Well, he got paid. But he got shipped to Miami um, and got a four-year, $120 million contract with $72 million guaranteed. The Miami uh, Dolphins give up their first this year and second-round picks along with uh, their fourth-rounder this year and a fourth and a sixth next year. So it's a big haul for, you know, one of the best wide receivers in the game. Definitely uh, the fastest wide receiver. Oh, definitely, definitely. I know the Jets were in the mix and, you know, reportedly the Packers were as well. Uh, Hill's 28 years old. You know, he's made the Pro Bowl every year he's been in the league. Uh, You know, he's just, again, just a a game breaker. Uh, You know, when you talk about take the top off a defense and and flex the field, I mean, there's no one better. There hasn't been anyone this good at doing that since, like, Deshaun Jackson, right? I mean, he is, like... He is a fast dude, and uh, now he's part of the Miami Dolphins, arguably the fastest team in the NFL, NFL and that's yeah. what they're building. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on this whole thing breaking down? I know I was I was uh, up and down thinking that he could be a Jet, and uh, <laughs> apparently the package was better, and uh, the Jets were really in play. He just didn't want to go there, and he wanted, you know, he's from Miami. He wanted to go back to Miami, and. You can't stop that, especially if the Chiefs give them a choice. So even though the Jets deal was better, I'm I'm proud of my Jets for for being in the hunt, though. What are your thoughts on the Hill trade? 
Well, it made him the highest paid receiver by, by most metrics. Um, so that's, that was interesting. They also see that aspect, but I think in this case for the jets and I know, so Sam, Sam texted me, but I had already seen it before Sam texted me and it said it was down to the dolphins and the jets. I said to Sam immediately, so, you know, he's going to Miami and Sam immediately replied, I'm a Jets fan. I know how these things work. So uh, I'm glad my friend did not get his hopes up uh, because if I had the choice, I mean, I'm from New York, but if I had the choice to go play with the Jets or play with the Dolphins, I'm taking Miami 99% of the time, uh, A, because of the beautiful weather. And also I get more bang for my buck due to the taxes. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to do that for sure, especially what you're having guaranteed on top of that. Um, I'm taking that. But also, if I'm a Jets fan, I would be extremely happy that you guys didn't do this because you didn't mortgage off your future. And Joe Douglas is slowly building a team up because of what he inherited, which was straight poopy caca. Um, and now he's trying to turn it around and build a team with a young quarterback building a line, getting you guys receivers and not, not doing stupid stuff, which is what I enjoy the most out of really good GMs that make smart moves. So this is a flash in the pan for the dolphins. Great. You're getting a fast wide receiver. You already have a fast wide receiver in Waddle. You have all these, you have Gasecki, uh, Gasecki, excuse me. You have all these players here that could do phenomenal things but you still have the same quarterback and he has not proven himself yet. And I'm curious to see if he's going to do that. I'm not saying that I'm rooting against the young man. I hope that he balls out. It's my dad's favorite team. I hope that they ball out just so he can be happy. So I can have, you know, arguments with him and tell him that his team sucks compared to mine. I just want that argument because I win that argument every year, but (laughs) I, I don't, I, I've, it's really going to all depend on Tua. If we're being completely honest, it's going to depend on Tua, uh, the new head coach, Mike Daniels, right? Mike Daniels, right? Mick Daniels. McDaniel. McDaniel. Yeah. Um, curious to see what his team is going to look like, right? Uh, this is his first year, first time being a head coach. So, I mean, a lot of things are, are moving down there. Who knows? They have a chance of winning in that division. I mean, it's hard to do because they're going to try to beat the bills and the Patriots aren't bad either, even though I feel like they're going backwards. So they have a chance of being the, the number two in the AFC East, but my verdict's still out. I don't, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. It's it all out. hangs on to a man. Um, and uh, let's uh, let's hope, uh, you know, the scheme, the scheme should help him if he's running that same kind of like Kyle Shanahan, Scheme you saw Mike LaFleur, the OC for the Jets, bring that over to to uh New Jersey for the Jets to implement. And you know, it should help him create better passing lanes and that you know, the running game when you add Chase Edmonds and you add Raheem Mostert and you still have uh Miles Gaskin. Um, and again, they added Teron Armstead. They're and they have arguably the best defensive backs in the game, right? Or, you know, up there, Byron Jones and uh, Xavier uh, uh, Xavier and Howard. Um, so 
they have the pieces and they just year three can Tua put it together. You're absolutely right. I don't know if he can. I, I like Tua, but um, I don't know, man. It's a, it's yeah. The, the bills are just going to steamroll through the East. I feel like, and uh, you know, we'll see. I uh, was texting uh, our friend Dave as this was going on and he didn't want Tyree kill at all. Um, I think it was a little too early for some make a big move like Tyreek Hill. But what I told him was like, I was really excited um, that we have like, as a Jets fan, we have a general manager that's actually building a team and now he has money and he has five draft picks in the top 70 or something like that. And he's willing to make the big move and he was only going to give up second round picks and change to get someone like Tyreek Hill. So they're big game hunting. I, you got, you'd like to see it. I mean, he knows that this whole regime lies with Zach Wilson and can he make that leap, you know, that you have to make in this league and the AFC just got tougher. And as we mentioned, it's an arms race and everyone's loading up except for, you know, the chiefs. That's why I feel like this move from, just examine it from a chief's aspect is like, like if Tyreek wanted out you, it's the same thing with Devonte Adams, you can't really like money's not going to like change that. Maybe if you're in Rogers, it does, but like, you know, like what are they, this AFC West is the toughest division in, in football and on paper, on paper. On paper. Yep. and they just lost the, the, you know, Super, you know, this this dynasty even going to go anywhere? Is it even going to be one? I mean, a lot's going to ride on Juju and uh, MVS and like Travis Kelsey a year older, you know, and and Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be a different team. I think you know, it's just going to be really interesting to see. It was a really weird move for the Chiefs. I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna go and play devil's advocate here. Um, and I also it's something that it's been sitting with me at first i'm seeing this and like you're losing the fastest wide receiver in the league but i remember at points during the season tyreek hill was irrelevant in that offense there was a lot of things that were relevant in that office and i think this might be a perfect reset for the chiefs because now they can actually get back to something that they stopped doing which made them so dangerous was the run game they got Fair. so far away yeah. from that, and it was gunsling. Let me just throw it out to Kelsey. Let me throw it out to Tyreek Hill. It's that, it's that meme, right? It's like, you know, damn, like, screw it. Tyreek's out there somewhere. Just chuck yeah. it, right? Exactly. But that's that changes a quarterback. That changes the offense, right? You you know that you have a guy that's as, that fast that can break open a game, right? Yes, of course you want that, right? But – you're forgetting what really made you really good, which made you a Super Bowl contender. You had a run game, right? You had a, a defense, right? The defense is spotty at best at this point in time, and it's not reliable. So they're now able to retool with the picks that they have and build around Mahomes and put new young pieces there and and guys that are going to get, you know, yak, but also be reliable to do routes. Now, Tyreek is just a blur, right? He's that big play guy. But I can, in my opinion, between the sticks, yes, he's fast as hell, but 
outside of the big plays, I don't really see him doing anything crazy because teams plan for that. They game plan for that. The person that really breaks those games open is Kelsey. Always. Yes, Tyreek is able to take the top off it, which leaves the under for Kelsey, for sure. Not saying that that's not what happened, but he's the best tight end in the league. And when you have a guy that can run like a receiver, but is that big and also can run routes the way that he does, and then you also have one of the best arms to ever be on a football field throwing him the ball, that's going to always be a deadly combination. But I'm also intrigued to see how Mahomes improves this year because he needs to do it. He can't just rely on that talent. And I think this might be a, okay, well, we don't have that guy that's super fast out there anymore. Now we got Juju out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why I laughed before you said it because Juju at best is a, is a third. He's a, He's not even a slot. I mean, yeah, he would I was be a slot excited to time. see. I was excited to see because the second wide receiver has been a problem for the Chiefs for a while, right? Yeah. Sammy Watkins had his moments, but he was never, you know, he, wasn't he was never Sammy that Watkins guy. Old. Yeah, right. He wasn't that guy. I was really interested to see, especially from a fantasy football perspective, too, like Juju in that role where Tyreek occupies so much. Obviously, underneath Kelsey occupies so much that what could Juju do, especially on a one-year deal playing for contract? Could it be, you know, when Juju had Antonio Brown on the other side, he was, he had a great year and he's still young. He's like 24, 25 years old. Mm -hmm. So it'd be interesting, but yeah, Juju as a one. uh, Yeah, no, he was never a one. Yeah. And, and unfortunately AB was right that Juju was never, Juju was good because he was there on the field to break things up. And, he hasn't been wrong to this point. Juju really hasn't done anything to impress me. Yes, he had. It's a great name to have. You're okay. You're viral on TikTok and people love you and you do that. I love that for you. Keep growing your business and your brand. But on the field, what have you done for me lately? And there's really been nothing that stands out for Juju for me. Period. Fair. Fair. Let's get into the owner dances. Hey, man. Uh, the National Football League owners voted to amend the playoff overtime rule Mm -hmm. to allow both teams to possess the ball, regardless of whether a touchdown is scored on the first possession. Basically, a reaction to uh, the the great one of the greatest games we'll ever see the Chiefs and Bills uh, playoff game, division game from last year. Uh, great game. The previous rule came under scrutiny because of that game. by allowing scoring uh, scoring a touchdown in the first possession in overtime, and basically that that called the winner. Um, yeah. So this this is fairer. Uh, NFL head coaches were divided on this change, according to to multiple reports. But um, I I've gone back and forth on this all day um, since they announced this or yesterday when it, it leaked out that it was happening. But I guess I just you know, I know Bills fans are like, well, it's not going to give us back our win kind of thing. But like, also, the Bills could have just stopped the Chiefs. Like, can we acknowledge that defense exists here? And there was like those 13 seconds left on the clock and they let the Chiefs just drive the field and and score, you know, so it's like. I guess this sucks if it happens to you and the Chiefs have been on the other side of this, too. 
Um, but I, I guess this brings more of a balance to to the game. And, um, you know, be interesting to see. Interesting that it's not invoked for the regular season and just the playoffs. So. Yeah, it's I think it's again, the NFL is a uh, reactionary league. Right. Oh, yeah, totally. Every season, uh, every offseason, it's always something that they implement that happened during the playoffs that has everybody up in arms. Um, I mean, the the pass interference call, which they almost ruined that season a couple of years ago with all of the, the INT calls or the, mm-hmm. the pass interference calls, excuse me. Um, and they adjusted that and changed that after because it was terrible and they should have never changed it to the beginning. It was just a missed call. There's human error. There's always going to be human error. Um, but I think in this situation, as they look, and I'm trying to look at it from the owner's perspective, this makes them more money. Like, yes, there's more people in the stands, right? But if they stay in the stands longer, what are they going to do, Sam? They're going to buy more food. They're going to buy more drinks. Although, I think it's at halftime or the third quarter is when they stop with the drinks, right? Uh, in most stadiums, alcohol-wise. Um, but that doesn't mean that people can't buy food. Doesn't mean people can't stay there and buy merch, right? Still going to create more revenue for the owners and whoever is there. But also, is going to generate more viewers because what happens, Sam, if you're out and about and then all of a sudden you get an alert and it's like, uh, this game is a close one, right? You want to see what's going on. Oh, this game went into double overtime. What is going on in this game? Like, I need to go and see this. You bring more viewers in, right? So I think it's 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 a money grab. I think also it's a money grab for each owner and each owner is looking at it like, you know, that could be my team in that position. I want my team to have the chance. Uh, to do that, to potentially win a Super Bowl, to get more money and bring more attention to our brand. So I think it's it, it, just like anything with the NFL and their owners, it's definitely money-driven. Um, but I think it's cool to to allow each team to get a, a chance. Uh, it's college football rules, essentially. Um, so I, I do like that. Um, so I guess we'll see how, how it works. I just don't. I don't understand why it's just the playoffs. Like you might as well implement it during the regular season too, but I guess they just don't want to drag those games out. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it's, it's just wild. It's kind of like they create these rules and they don't think of like the end result. And then they end up nope. like after something gets botched or, you know, yeah. it's like, Oh no, well we can't have this. Even though we voted for this rule years ago, it's like, seeing it enacted is like oh no we have to fix this but you know it's like they don't think things fully through it's it's very interesting i mean they do it's really just but they're really blinded by their main goal which is money they don't really care about anything else but money it keeps you in the seats again it allows you to spend more money it brings more eyes to to the game, it, it's it's just money, money, money. It's just like how can we keep more money in the seats in our stadiums, and this is how we do it: just small little things. So it's it's always money. That's all what is what it's always going to be. That's true. Speaking it's of stadiums, money. yeah. Speaking of stadiums, hey, uh, did you see that Mile High? I guess it's called Empower Field now. Caught on fire. I did, and I. <laughs> 
it was just so random to to hear it happening. I was like, wait, what? Um, there's nobody there. Like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's there's not a game going on. Like, what what you would think something like that could happen at an actual game, but no. Um, apparently, it was twelve suites and a couple hundred seats that were damaged in this fi- this fire. Um, apparently, this was due to repairs. Uh, that they were doing to the stadium. Uh, I just still can't believe this kind of just happened like out of nowhere. Like I've never would have never, ever thought to hear an NFL stadium, like catch on fire. I, I mean, I'm very, very happy that nobody was there, meaning fans wise and the stadium wasn't, you know, full, completely packed. Totally. But, it wasn't a Sunday. Yes. Full, you know, full of fans. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, that that would have been absolutely terrible. So I there is a, a silver lining in this. So I'm, I'm very happy about that. But still just wild. Like, it's kind of like just like a freak accident. Like, how how does this happen? You know. Speaking of how does this happen? <laughs> how is Baker Mayfield still on the Browns? Jimmy Garoppolo still on the Niners. And the QB carousel just seems to have stopped I'm waiting for the draft per se. Uh, it's an interesting time in the NFL. Browns are weird for doing what they are doing. They first said they didn't want, they weren't going to trade Baker. Then they're looking to trade Baker and now they're going to keep Baker. Um, all that money that Baker's getting paid when they're paying Deshaun uh, Watson even more money. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's only getting one million this year, right? I think the rest are like guaranteed bonuses. Okay. So, like, he, yeah. So, the Sean's only getting a million dollars. So, if he gets suspended, it comes out of that base salary. I don't think you can um, take away from bonuses and stuff. I think they, they, they did that cleverly so he could keep all that money. Okay. Well, I mean, he he might be locker buddies with. Uh... <laughs> with uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, but I, I, I get why they're doing it because I get it. And I don't, cause it's, it's stupid that they're doing it because you don't want to bring that into the off season. You don't want, I mean, into uh, spring training or, you know what I mean? Training camp. Uh, you don't want to bring that in there uh, because that's going to be toxic. Like Baker's not going to be happy because Baker knows good and damn well, he is not starting. Right. Um, if there's any guys in there that have some, looming Baker loyalty, that's going to make it weird. Um, there's definitely fans that I know are probably still want Baker to stay there, uh, even though they got to upgrade with Deshaun, but that's probably because of Deshaun's baggage that he's coming along with. Right. Um, but it's just, it's a smart move in, in the aspect of, as I think I said it last week, I, I actually I did is knowing that somebody's going to get injured at some point in time during the season and they're going to be able to trade, there will be a market for them. Because right now, as you said, there is no market for them. And they knew that. So I guess they're just biting the bullet on this one and just taking it for what it is. So I guess what is your thoughts on, on that one? Um, well, I, I think the whole Baker writing that letter to Cleveland was <laughs> premature and foolish. And then to request a trade and be like, I gave it my all kind of thing. I think it, it just kind of showed that he's not a leader. 
and he's the person that the media has brought him out to be um, because it was, I just feel like it was premature and immature to do. Um, I, I, I get the sentiment of like, you know, thank you fans. I, I tried, but like, he just doesn't go. He doesn't act like a franchise quarterback and he, nope. and he's just clearly talent wise. He's not either, but um, so, yeah, I think if you have the opportunity to get someone like Deshaun Watson, baggage aside, top five, top seven quarterback in this league. I don't know. We haven't seen him in a year. But, again, I'm taking all the off-the-field stuff out of this conversation. Um, I think if you have a chance to get someone like Deshaun Watson, they completely destroyed the market by giving him all that guaranteed money. But that that aside, too, you get, you get Deshaun Watson. Yeah. This te- this franchise has been played. How many starting quarterbacks have they had since 1999 when they came back? 98, whenever they came back, 2000, like 30 something, you know, one million quarterbacks. Yeah, a billion quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So, like, as as someone who's been who's just wanted a franchise quarterback his whole sports career, um, fandom, I totally understand the value of a franchise quarterback, mm-hmm. and if. You, there's only a handful of them in the league. You got to nice. go get one. Yeah. And they, the Browns got one. So like, they're just going to have to like figure this out. I don't know the cap ramifications. If you just cut him, obviously they'd want to get something for him. I like that. They're not making him happy by like going to the trading him to the Colts where he wanted to go. So like, let, you know, the, the petty side of me is just kind of like, yeah, just let him sit on the bench and be miserable. Kind of thing. I don't like Baker. I've, I made that. Very, very clear on this. I, I will say it over and over again. He's Johnny Manziel 2.0. I will continue to say that. Um, he's just not that guy. He's he's going to end up being a, a backup quarterback in the league. Um, or he can end up being like an Andy Dalton who goes to the Saints and was a starter for the Cowboys and was a starter for the Bears again. And, and yeah, so you might get another chance. But, I mean, he's going to have to sit behind somebody Probably for yeah, like a, a is he willing years. to do that? Is he, he willing to do that? He's absolutely not willing to do that. Yeah. He thinks he is a starter. He thinks he's everything, and that's the problem. He's he's he could be a starter, but you got to also learn too. You got to improve on your craft, and I don't I don't see it happening. He he talks way too much. Like that's as a quarterback in the league. I, I guess there's a unwritten rule of of kind of how you carry yourself, and he carries himself like I like his. I do like his moxie, but it's like he just comes off just too cocky. And it's like it's different if you come off that way when you're putting in work on the field. Right. If you're coming out here and you're slinging in and you're doing that, if he had that at the same time, by all means, Baker, do you. Uh, but uh, you're do do. Uh, and and that's really where it is. Um, porn star Jimmy is potentially coming back to the Niners uh, because Kyle Shanahan left the door open for that. I just wish they would hurry up and figure out what they're going to do. Uh, you got Trey Lance sitting there ready to go. And now Jimmy G has a chance of coming back, which is not bad. They might, it, Trey may not be where he needs to be, or they're just going to bring him back and have a quarterback competition. And, and uh, what you call it during the summer and then see who really wants him at that point in time. Cause again, some people get hurt during training camp or Jimmy could just be like, all right, we know we're getting with Jimmy. Let's go get this guy and give Trey that. So 
I just wish that would hurry up and be over with because I do like uh, Jimmy G and I also like what Trey Lance can be. So what are your thoughts? You on gave that? up you gave up three first round picks to get Trey Lance. Yeah. You knew what Jimmy G was. Mm-hmm. You have to let Trey Lance start at some point. Okay. You know, I, I maybe he's not Trey's not ready, but you know, at, at some point you're gonna have to bite the bullet there and put him on the field, and that's gonna mean benching Jimmy G or you know, maybe he does that. Maybe they do it halfway through the season because this is Trey's second second year in the league. Yeah, will be coming up. Some people need to get acclimated to the speed of the NFL, right? And maybe he is now. Yeah. And he only had a handful of starts at yep. North Dakota, and he had took basically played one game in that COVID season because of protocols and everything. Yep. And so, yeah, it's fair. I mean, he hasn't had as much experience as you saw from the other quarterbacks in that draft, the Justin Fields and Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence, of course. And so, yeah, um, no, that's totally a fair uh, argument this the game comes at you fast in the nfl for sure um but at some point it's got to be trey lance's team they got to see what they they have there it's good to have jimmy g there but it's a big cap hit to be carrying for sure. well, well maybe he comes back for one more season just like aaron donald's is coming back for another season um run it back he for sure uh i mean they've also made some some good acquisitions over the over the uh, uh, off season so far. So I'm intrigued to see what they're going to do out there. Uh, they don't really have, I don't, in my opinion, have too much to worry about. Aaron Rodgers lost the best wide receiver, arguably the best wide receiver in the league. Uh, Tom Brady has lost some key pieces on his O line uh, and defense. Uh, so I, I mean, it's it's they NFC is is open. It's it's definitely open for business. Wide open. Um, I think outside of really this team, who I think is going to be around again uh, at this time, this time or Super Bowl time next year. But I don't I don't think they're going back to the Super Bowl again. Um, will you think Aaron Donald makes a big difference? You think they go back again or get close to it? Where, where do you think they're going to end up? Even if Aaron Donald has lost a step and that. And he hasn't in the last five minutes of the Super Bowl will prove that to you. Um, even if even if he had, he's still a game wrecker. And as we've said a billion times on the show, the best defensive player of this yep. generation. And you can make the argument all time. Um, so does it make a difference? Absolutely. And in the, in the NFC, it's a much easier hill to climb to get to to win the conference than in the AFC. Um, so you're yeah, any team with Aaron Donald, I'm gonna give a chance, right? Um, but especially a team that's been there before and um you know has has the pieces and and you know the talented coaching staff that the, the Rams have. Um but I yeah the, I think the I'm still baffled that the whole Packers like not having a wide receiver and you have two first round picks you can draft this is a great wide receiver class we're going to break down the draft in a couple weeks but it's a great wide receiver class but still man like you know first round wide receivers rookie wide receivers are you know hit or miss you know so it it's still perplexing to me that the packers let Devonte walk but 
I think the Rams have a really good shot at repeating or at least getting back to the Super Bowl. I guess we will uh, see how that happens, but I'm very, very, very happy to see uh, Aaron Donald come back. Um, You know what I'm very, very happy to see, Sam? What's that? You asked me at the end of every episode what I'm looking forward to this weekend. Uh, and this weekend, I'm looking forward to the Tar Heels against the, the Dukies. Um, emphasis on the Dukie part. Um, I'm super, thank you. I'm super, super surprised uh, that my favorite college basketball team has made it this far. Um, but I'm extremely happy that they have done that. So this game is on Saturday at 8.49 p.m. I'm I'm just going to tell everybody right now, if you're a friend and you're listening, I would suggest you get all your text in before 8.49 because I will not be talking to you at all during that. And if you're also a friend of mine and where you're a Duke fan, um, our friendship ends on... Friday, April 1st uh, at 11.59 p.m. Uh, and our friendship will resume on April 3rd <laughs> at midnight. Um, so but I'll notice. Yes, you. I will not be your friend. We will not talk. I don't care when, lose, draw, whatever. I'll be your friend after it, but not during. Um, but the fact that they are 18, they got this far, they've started to gel. Funny thing about that is Duke started to gel as well too and both these teams are looking super super scary um but it is interesting to see uh kansas has is the only one seed to still remain um and villanova who is always seems to be around it's like unc villanova duke are always around this final four elite eight all the time um kansas as well too i would say i mean kansas has had a rough patch in recent years, which is why I think Villanova is probably going to beat um, Kansas, but we'll get into that. Uh, but how these guys got here, I said last week, I truly love what St. Peter's was doing. I truly love that they're Jersey City, not too far from here, and what they represent, what their head coach is, and who he is, and what he's about. But I did say very, very clearly that my team was going to end that run. And they did in a dominating performance uh, from beginning to end. So UNC won 69 to 49, but shout outs to them. Apparently they're going to actually have a uh, parade uh, when they come back home. So I I love hearing that. Um, Kansas beat Florida, uh, the U, uh, 76 to 50. That was pretty much a blowout from beginning to end. Uh, The Arkansas Duke game, uh, was pretty interesting. Duke won 79 uh, but to to see Coach K still march, um, that's that's a story in itself. Uh, but I hope that march stops on Saturday. But we'll see. Um, it's wild that it's the first time that Duke and UNC has have played together in the tournament. In tournament. That's it's that's so just, wild, man. Because normally they're on opposite sides of the bracket, and then one of them loses. And then they never play each other. But the fact that they're now finally playing each other was Coach K and Coach K's final season. Like, of course, it would happen like this. Yeah, right. right? Um, 
And then Nova beat Houston. That was a fairly close game, uh, 50 to 44. Uh, Sam, I'm going to jump right in and ask you, A, did you watch any of the games? And who do you have out of these teams to make it to the national championship game? I told you that St. Peter's was going to beat Purdue. You laughed at me. (laughs) I didn't, you know. You're right. So they did um, this. I watched. Uh, I don't know why I did, but looking at I, I'm on Twitter, wasn't watching the, the Houston Villanova game. And then you're seeing how like atrocious Villanova's offense was. But like, you know, Houston had more um, field goals, had a better field goal percentage and more blocks, more assists, more rebounds. Um, but Nova still won the game. Because Houston shot one for 20 from three. Yeah. yeah. So you're seeing all this unfold on Twitter. I'm like, I have to turn this game on. So I watched a good portion of that. Um, and uh, let's see what else here. I, I watched some of your Tar Heels beat St. Peter's and um, a little bit of the Kansas Miami game. I didn't, I didn't see the Duke game on Saturday, but um, I'm sure I, I like this, this one. I'm going to watch this one. Yeah. I won't text Good. you until it's over, though. Okay. that's Thank you. I appreciate that. Even if you do, I'm still not going to answer you, but I'll answer yeah, you. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah. I, uh, who, let's go over picks, man. Who do you have in the Kansas-Villanova game? Um, what's his name? Got hurt for Villanova, right? Like one of their key players. Um, I forgot the guy's name. Moore. No, I got I don't know. Yep. Um, so I'm going to say Kansas. Okay. I... The Jayhawks always like make me feel weird when I pick them. So I'm not going against Jay Wright. I'm going Nova, even with that's fair, man. One of the best to one of the best to ever do it. That's for sure. Um, UNC and Duke, who do you have? I'm just gonna be on the other side of this. I'm gonna say, uh, (laughs) they, uh, you know, UNC beat the smack out of them and Cameron. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Duke, just Coach K, the miracle run. Well, continues. Just like if you had me pick uh, the Cowboys or the Red Sox, uh, I'm never ever picking them <laughs> against my team. So you know it's UNC for me. Just that's, sure. just, that's I'd just expect nothing be. less. That's how it's gonna be, man. Um, I've I've doubted UNC throughout this whole tournament. Yep. And they keep proving me wrong. I should probably just say Duke just just for the case of that. Like, yeah, Duke's going to win. So Tar Heels keep going. But I, I cannot formulate that truthfully and wholeheartedly. Um, so, yeah, that's that is the men's for women's. I don't know if you've been watching. The final four is which it's normally in women's basketball from what I've seen. It's normally the the higher uh, seeds that do make it. I know, I think it was last year that was kind of messed up, but we have South Carolina, which is one seed against Louisville on Friday, um, April 1st, 7 p.m. And then we have Stanford and UConn. Uh, Stanford, number one, UConn, number two. Uh, that's also Friday, but this is at 9.30 p.m. Uh, UConn just had a double overtime a game yesterday, was it? Uh, or mm-hmm. excuse me, um, was it yesterday? It was Monday. Yeah. Monday, yep. yesterday. So, so absolutely wild uh, seeing that. Um, 
<laughs> uh, Paige Becker back. I absolutely love her game. Uh, I'm intrigued to see how this all plays out because South Carolina is a problem, and I think they're probably going to win it all. But we'll see. So who's your pick, Sam? Who do you got in the Louisville-South Carolina game? I watched the UConn-Indiana game on Saturday. Okay. Um, and I watched a little bit of the, you know, the NC State-UConn game. So no surprise, I spent a lot of time in UConn. My wife used to work for UConn. So I, uh, full disclosure, uh, big UConn fan. And um, it's, again, the only, the only team I watched during this tournament. So I'm going to definitely say UConn. And yes, I love Paige as well. Okay. She's great. I, but I asked you for Louisville in South Carolina. Yeah, I don't care. I don't, I don't know. I mean, South Carolina is <laughs> really good. I told you the only team I watched the women's final four a women's tournament has been UConn. So I will, again, I know how good South Carolina is Louisville. So is that your pick to win it all? You're just going to go UConn? I'm going UConn. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, again, I'm just not going to. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm not going to go against uh, Gino. Magic and Stores and Gino. And okay. uh, to be in Connecticut when, uh, like, during the Kemba and Shabazz runs, like, was was awesome. Um, so yes. just go, well, go on UConn. Well, South Carolina and Louisville, the game that I asked Sam about, and you just went to UConn for all. Yep. I'm going That's South it. Carolina to win that one. Uh, and the UConn-Stanford game, I'm going UConn to win. Uh, and then in the national championship game, I have South Carolina winning it all uh, because they've just been that good this uh, this year. And obviously, you guys now know Sam's pick. So, Sam, you chose uh, – you chose your picks for the the men's. Who do you have winning it all? Um, for the men's, mm-hmm. I said Duke. You have Duke Did winning I? it all. No, you had Duke winning the UNC game. Yeah, I'll say Duke. Duke okay. will be Kansas. That's okay. fair. Okay. Um, this is hard for me. Uh, <laughs> I love this. Well, because I have Duke. I have excuse me, I have UNC against Villanova, but last time that happened, Villanova beat UNC. So I think they redeemed themselves. I'm just going with my Tar Heels and win it all. Just gonna go. They get past Duke, they're winning it all. That's my choice, and I'm sticking with it. Hey, stick with your guns, man. I got to. I got to. Um, speaking with sticking with their guns, or I guess sticking with what sits well with them, Albert Pujols is back with the cards. And is retiring at the end of the year. I guess it's kind of like a combination of like, do you care? And uh, what your thoughts are on it? Albert Pujols is 21 home runs away from 700. I honestly thought when he started his career and he was on that tear, like he hit 800. Um, but he was definitely slowed down a bit and spent a lot of time, you know, get being hurt in Anaheim. But um no, it's it's cool to see. Did you see him get introduced at spring training? I did not. They like uh, you know, they played uh they played some like oh the scripts MVP, that MVP song. Mm-hmm. And he came out of the right field like stands and he walked along the the base line, the foul line, and walked into the dugout. Wow. And a lot a lot of the guys on like the Cardinals coaching staff like played with him 
and or were in the minors with him and and there's some guys still on the team or in the organization so like to have him home like in his number five jersey and like what he's meant to the city of st louis and again first ballot hall of famer 21 away from 700 i really you know don't know if he'll do it he's going to be the right-handed portion of a dh platoon uh in st louis but like hopefully he can do it be really cool uh really cool story um so it's it's cool i like seeing stuff like that him being back and the cardinals so if we're playing do you care i totally care like it'll be fun i'll make it very very quick shout out to the legend happy to see that you're back there and you're not just doing the you know the the sign and one day contract thing that you're finishing your career there uh and he's going to get that victory lap uh this whole season and he deserves it because he is a legend in baseball. Um, so shout out to you, sir. It's nice to see him back there. That's all I got for that. So let's go right into do your care, Sam. Let's start it off. Yeah. Hit, hit, hit with the question, Sam. Hey Just man. Uh, it's sound Brian Cashman, the Yankees GM said on Saturday, uh, he confirmed that the team will make a contract extension offer to all-star Aaron judge prior to opening day, Aaron basically has spoken very publicly his intentions to want to stay in pinstripes and get a deal done before the season starts. Because once the season starts, he doesn't want to get a deal done. He just wants to concentrate on baseball. can't blame him there. Um, I guess I, I think I know the answer of, do you care? I, <laughs> I think you, I think you agree with me that, the Yankees, especially after this offseason of <laughs> saving money and changing their team, they need to do whatever they can to keep Aaron Judge. But do you think they keep Aaron Judge? Do they get a deal done before opening day? Yes. I think this is the the one contract that they kind of – I think every move that they made was was to keep in mind that they know they had to pay Aaron a lot of money. Right. I think they, they knew that um, yeah. from the get. So I think no matter who they brought in, um, I know they have money. It's the Yankees. They they can do it, but it's not, you know, George Steinbrenner who would just spend it and just not care and still go get those names that he felt deserved to be there or what he wanted there. But I think they want to be able to give Aaron a lot of money uh, in a, in a, I guess a safe way because they've been burned on a lot of contracts. Um, a lot of terrible contracts in recent memory, and I don't think they want to do that. But Aaron is is homegrown, right? So it's it's a little bit different here. Um, they're going to want to get this. Not like they got to go out and get somebody else. They kind of have the, you know, the hometown discount type thing, right? And he can make money in New York media, which is what he does too. So I do care. Um, they need to get it done ASAP, and please get it done before the season starts please yeah i don't want i don't i don't want to deal with this especially you see someone like freddie freeman leave the braves and i never thought that would be possible and it happened i think aaron knows that you know the importance of being a yankee and wants to be yankee and i i think i hope that they get this done and he will you know he'll turn 30 uh at some point next month and i think once he signs that deal, he's named the next captain of this team. There's a nice little press conference. I know they did that with Derek Jeter after he signed that extension in Cleveland. I think they had, it was either Cleveland or Cincinnati. They had that um, little press conference and named him captain. And I honestly think that's the next, 
move here and it makes the most sense and uh yeah just again all these other moves or lack thereof this this offseason i think had this in mind as you mentioned so yeah totally i i I think they'll get it done okay okay what's next hey uh john harbaugh signed a three-year uh extension with the baltimore ravens can you believe that he's the third longest tenured coach in the nfl i do i'm gonna guess is it bill belichick and mike tomlin yep yeah it's crazy man the 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 turnover in this league and Tomlin still wins. He still has a winning season every single every season. year, man. Like clockwork. Yep. Um, I do care about this. I extremely likable guy. Uh, like him way more than his brother. Um, he seems like a stand-up guy, but he also was a part of a certain organization that I absolutely love. Um, at one point <laughs> in time. Uh, but he's he's just a, a real stand-up dude. He seems like he's a coach's coach. He's a player's coach. Um. And I like what he does. His interviews are always that. You can tell how passionate and and his defense of Lamar Jackson from day one has been everything for me. Um, and seeing how he stood by his guy and was like, no, he's our quarterback and he's not doing it. And then the kid turns around and wins MVP. And he still puts all the faith in the world in himself. I do care and extremely happy for him. How about you? Yeah, let Ditto, man. He, uh, it was It's hard when you have a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And even though, you know, he was kind of average at best, it's kind of hard to make that move to someone like Lamar Jackson from Joe Flacco. But they believed in this kid and they built a team around what this kid could do. And it just shows that from Ozzie Newsome to um, what's the guy's name, the new GM or the GM of the Ravens, forgot his name, but um, it just shows you how like, a stand-up organization they are and they do things you know how they do things so like good for them man and good for him um and yo lamar's gonna get paid <laughs> uh, as he should They're like there's no way he shouldn't get paid they need to stop talking about this he's he's betting on himself i i don't know if he still had the he's still doing his his own agent thing or whatever the case might that i don't that know that last i heard he was so. okay so and and the uh no, that's that's right. The uh, GM is Eric Spolstra, Eric DaCosta, Eric DaCosta, Eric Spolstra. Spolstra is, is yeah, basketball. I know who that is. So. <laughs> it's late. It's okay. I know. I know. Eric DaCosta. Um, <laughs> Taysom Hill will be a tight end next. Do you care? Nope. Yeah, I, I guess I do care. I mean, it would be nice if you didn't take. Hall of Fame quarterback off the field so you can run uh run these stupid little gimmick uh, uh what was it called the um that bullshit with the wildcat wildcat like it's cool I Sean Payton's not here to defend Taysom Hill anymore it's Dennis Allen show so like it just kind of shows yeah you're a tight end now Taysom so yeah it would be nice if they didn't take Drew off the field to to play with uh, Taysom Hill. But How did I know that I was going to get you to say something about Drew Brees that's been retired? Uh, I knew you were going to say something about Drew Is it, I love it. Well, you would take a Hall of Fame quarterback off the field? So no, you're, no, not you're, for Taysom. Uh, no, 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 no. If you, unless you had a Hall of Fame backup, which it's not the case. You don't have that. Um, I don't I, know, Jameis. Jameis <laughs> might go 50-50 this yeah, year. Uh, damn, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do and don't care. 
Um, I don't care because I don't care for Taysom Hill, really. Um, I do care because it just this kind of just reminded me of like the situation of Tim Tebow. And if Tim Tebow did that, he probably would still be in the league uh, at yeah, this point no, in time. That's uh, if, fair. If he did this uh, move and and the coach was just like, yeah, no, you're just going to do this. And I don't think Taysom is really going to fight it because there's no real market for Taysom um, outside of doing that. Like he was only that in Sean Payton's scheme, which was stupid. But here we are. It is what it is with that one. Um, Rooney rule to include women on top of teams have to have one, have a required to have one uh, minority assistant coach on their teams. Sam, do you care? The Rooney rule is, I, it's groundbreaking when it happened and important. I think it's stupid. And I think like there shouldn't, it shouldn't exist, but we live in a freaking world where it needs, it needs to exist because yep. other, we just saw what happened this last coaching cycle. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, and I know you agree, agree with me here. Um, yep. I love that. It's ex- including women. You're seeing women more in, a, in predominant uh, places in sports and front offices on the field. And not only in the NFL, but in baseball and, and basketball as well. Um, uh, so I love that. Um, so it looks like the new Rooney rule stipulates that all 32 clubs must interview at least two women and or persons of color when seeking to fill prominent positions. Um, and they're getting rid of the Zoom interviews and everything has to be in person. So love that. Good, so, good. Um, so, yeah, I think the Rooney rule is stupid because it shouldn't exist, but it does. And it needs to because the NFL would be a different place if it didn't. Um, so, yeah, I totally care. I, I very clear. I know, you know, I care for those that don't know. I super care about this. Uh, just like you said, and you said it perfectly is I wish rules such as this affirmative action, uh, a rule that just went into place uh, when you guys hear this a day later, uh, anti-lynching law. Why are these things in place is because they were still going on and it would be a different world if these things weren't in place, which is clearly shown that these people that are in power are not necessarily people of color. Um, Let me be very, very clear. They're not people of color. And it still seems to be a problem that plagues us to this point in time, uh, as if there aren't people that aren't qualified uh, from any other race uh, gender, uh, sexual background, sexual orientation, whatever the case, there's viable or a well-qualified people in, in all of those fields uh, or categories that I just mentioned. And the fact that these people don't get an opportunity, uh, it, it's disgusting to me. But I am happy that this happened. But I also know this is reactionary. <laughs> it's it's, yeah. it's literally reactionary uh to what has been going on uh in the league and it's just disgusting that it continues to happen this way maybe one day i'll wake up and this will actually change and i won't have to uh worry about if i was hired to fit a quota or other people that look like me um have to worry about that just to fit a certain quota to get that uh it's disgusting maybe the world will change one day who knows probably not anytime soon not in my lifetime um, which is unfortunate to say. Um, 
the last thing, Sam. <laughs> Segue from that, bud. Go ahead. Yeah. Do you care that the Lions will be on hard knocks? I've totally changed my tune on Dan Campbell. As you, as if you listened throughout the last season, you would know um, when he was Likewise. first hired and that crazy press conference. I was like, what? Like, what was that? The whole like bite your ankles, bite your yeah. knee, whatever, whatever that was. I'm like, what is, who is this guy? But um, so many close calls and, and wins that could have happened. He's building a culture in Detroit. I hate that I have to watch Jared Goff on a season of hard knocks again, but like, um, yeah, no, uh, it'd be entertaining. It'll be just for him alone. It should be. So that means you. Yeah, yeah. I'll watch. Yeah, okay. I'm going to watch. Okay. Um, I'm going to watch, but I don't really care because it's the Lions. And, yeah, it's fair. and it's just, it's nothing really enticing about the Lions. I mean, last year, the only thing enticing was like I was watching to see them get a win. Uh, and they finally did, but I, I don't really care. I, I do, Dan Campbell, I do enjoy. I do like the direction that he's he's trying to put the team or push the team towards. But, I mean, overall, again, it's just the Lions. I haven't cared about the Lions since one of my favorite players played there, and that would be Mr. Barry Sanders himself. Um, or I, I can even say Stafford and, and Megatron, too. Um, I'll say them as well, but really only truly, truly, really cared when Barry Sanders is there because what he did on the field was amazing. But, yeah, that's it. Well said. Thank you. Go Megatron. Gosh. Go ahead, Sam. Close it out. It's crazy that Megatron's in the Hall of Fame. Like, he should still be playing. He should, just like... uh, But good for him. What's the linebacker from the Panthers? That should still be playing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, same. Man. Or yeah. also uh, the linebacker from the Niners that could have still been. Yeah, playing. what was that guy's name? Had like one crazy good season and then was just like, nope, I'm done. Good for him, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So close it yeah, out, Sam. Too, man. Hey, uh, this has been episode 51 of the Chasing Points podcast. Thank you so much for listening, however you listen and wherever you listen. And uh, be sure to follow us on social media at Chasing, at Chasing Points Podcast. And uh, check us out online to ChasingPointsPodcast.com. So uh, for Brandon, my name is Sam. Um, have a good day. Peace. It is very simple for me to close it out with this one. Go Tar Heels.